Row Along, a friendly voice in your ear to motivate, coach and entertain you through each indoor rowing workout as we row along together. I set the stroke rate and the training pace based on your current 2,000 metre time. Just set your monitor to just row and start and stop when I tell you. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com. Hi there, welcome along to another workout for you to row along to. Now before I get started explaining today's session, I'm just going to say that today is one that doesn't have a warm-up, okay? Because it's one of the long, slow sessions. So if you want to warm up while I'm talking to you, just to kind of ease off a bit, go ahead and do it. Otherwise, we're going to incorporate that into the main session. As what we're doing today is three 13-minute intervals with 90 seconds rest in between each of them. Now we're going to do them at 18 strokes a minute, then 20 strokes a minute, then 18 strokes a minute. It again and your pace is going to be 2k plus 20 to 22 for the 18 strokes a minute and then it's going to be um, 2k plus 18 to 20 for the 20 strokes a minute and then obviously back down to 20 to 22 for the last 18. The point being that this is very much a bottom tier row okay I do not want you to push this I don't want it to feel even a mid tier for you this is just meant to be a bottom tier engine building workout if you want to push a session push the top tier when it comes around but this one I want you to keep nice and easy okay even if you have to back off to make sure you're nowhere near mid I'd rather you did that than went faster all right so we might as well just get straight into the row like I say we'll kind of start the first couple of minutes off just doing what we tend to do in the warm-up without a single leg and sing and straight arm stuff but I'll kind of at least talk to you and kind of ease you into it uh, but we need to set up our machine so make sure and set your drag factor if you haven't already and if you don't know what drag factor is remember I have a video on the channel okay there's our first fluff of my speaking today second the, uh, the monitor, make sure and set it to eye height. I don't want you to have to look up and I don't want you to have to look down where you'd end up slumping your lower back. And then finally, the foot straps, make sure they cover either the bottom lace on your shoe or if you're in socks like me, they let you hinge forwards to the toes properly at the front. Okay, so let's have a quick last drink because we've got 13 minutes in this first interval. And we're going to get into it, okay? So, straps done. <sighs> All comfortable. So 18 strokes per minute. Your pace is going to be around about 2k plus 20 to 22. Sit on the bottom end if you if you think that this could still be a little bit tough for you. And like I say, slow down if you need to. This is not meant to be a tough workout. Okay, here we go. In three, two, one, let's go. So it's 18 strokes a minute. It's a nice, gentle, slow. rhythm it's a bit weird to try and gauge it on the monitor for time which is, which is why I, I just had that massive pause because I'm trying to remember what I have to do this at because like I keep saying the great thing about 20 strokes a minute is that it's one stroke every three seconds or 24 strokes a minute is one every two and a half the 18, pretty much one every three and a third. That's harder to judge by looking at the counter on the monitor. But we're there. So how's your pace looking? I'm flicking back and forth between 2K plus 20, 2K plus 21. which is 5k plus 15 or 16 for 21. So I will, as a generalization, I peg the difference from like a, from a cookie cutter point of view, a global way to describe it. The difference between a 2k time and your 5k is run about 5 seconds so an average hang on a minute let's forget about that for a second and just we're already 2 minutes into this and I haven't said anything about technique or warming up yet so 
put your finger on that one and we'll come back to 2k and 5k training times right so um, professional to the last <laughs> most people would stop and start again and say hang on I've messed that up anyway so technique let's as we're hitting three minutes into this first interval hopefully you've at least got the blood's pumping and you've eased off a bit um, so you can start thinking about how your body is moving what kind of posture you've got what kind of muscle power you're using etc and sequencing so as dull as it is to always start thinking about it especially for this early on in the row the simplest thing to focus on is your back and the angles that you're hitting in the front of the stroke and the back of the stroke so in the front of the stroke you want to be leaning in okay now the way you're looking at me right now on a clock face that would be around about one o'clock and the key here is that your shoulders are over your hips okay so you go slightly lean forwards so that the front of the machine shoulders are over your hips and then at the back of the stroke you want your back to be at the opposite angle so if you're one o'clock in the front that means 11 o'clock at the back I know you've heard me say that a thousand times but it is worthwhile trying to just have a little bit of a focus on it and thinking are you leaning in at the front and are you leaning too far back at the back so what you'll find is that a lot of people will be too vertical at the front like this and not have that forward lean or at the back they'll go too far back okay but for the purposes go back up to pace again the purposes of trying to explain a safe functional stroke that gives you a good amount of power into the machine then this one o'clock to eleven o'clock is accepted as what's best to do yes it has more of a translation to if you were rowing on water as opposed to a rowing machine but I'll accept that this machine is designed to replicate what it's like to row in a boat so anyway so it's not just about the angle of the back it's also posture because you could easily just do that to get into a one o'clock position okay 
and probably more than one at the front, but you get what I mean. That by ducking your head forwards, rounding from the shoulders or something, you can think you're in the right body angle. But it's not what we need to do. You need to think about a powerful posture at the front of the stroke. So sitting on your sit bones, excuse me, at the front of the stroke with a powerful back, not bolt upright, but certainly up and powerful. That gets you in the right position to take the power of the stroke through your arms, or from your legs, through your arms and into the handle. And it's the same at the back where having a powerful, strong back at the finish instead of a crumpled finish lets the power complete and also sets you up nicely for the rock forwards again to return to the front of the machine. And actually, what you'll find is that if you can just think about how your back rocks back and forwards through the stroke, pretty much everything falls into place. So you think, really just about it just doing this. And if you probably think about swinging across the hips rather than it being a muscular rounding of the back and you should always keep that powerful posture I say should I still feel myself constantly collapsing my lower back at the end of the stroke so so that's kind of the back angles I really the nuance is how long you're in each stage for so that forward leading at the front make sure and hold it as you start your drive with the legs don't swing back too soon don't start off at the front and then launch back before your legs even there's no point in that so leaning forwards drive with the legs and then about halfway through the stroke maybe do that flick that flip through your back, through the hips, into a 11 o'clock position. Sorry, I realise that this has been a very dull start to today's, to today's row. Just talking about your back, but it's the number one thing that people get wrong is not holding this forward lean. And it helps on the recovery to get back into it as quickly as possible. So see, I'm in it before I start to go back up the rail. Again, if you see me rowing in anger, 
that doesn't always happen. But while trying to consider my technique, hopefully that's what I'm doing. So you're basically forwards, back, forwards, back, forwards. So you're very, it's only a very short amount of time that you're ever leaning backwards in. Ah, oh, crikey, entire interval talking about back angles. This isn't going to come down as the most interesting interval ever. All done for that interval. Oh, I know, listen, technique, oh, sorry, my seat pad slipped. Tell you what, instead of jumping around, I'll just move it. Come on. Oh. Technique is the number one reason for going slower than you should be, or injury, or tiring out quicker than you should. And it's the kind of thing that, if you've never really thought about technique before, that I'm hoping the reinforcement of me constantly bleating on about it will help you to kind of start to think about it and drill it into you. So I'm trying to make you a better rower. I'm not, if you just want to, want to be someone that goes to the gym, tickles the machine for half an hour, uh, and then doesn't really want to get stronger, fitter or faster, or fitter, faster, stronger, to give it its proper, <laughs> then chances are you're not watching my videos anyway because you'll be like, crikey, he's crushingly dull. So, yes, right, 15 seconds to go. I know I'm crushingly dull, but hopefully. Right, five, four, three, one, go. Remember this is 20 strokes a minute, so one every three seconds. Yeah, so I know I'm crushingly dull, but hopefully I've got you captive on the rowing machine right now while you watch this video. And if you're on week two, session two of the five plan, or the 5K plan, sorry, then I'm gonna assume you're used to me by now. You know what I'm like. Three things you need to know about me are that I talk a lot about technique, usually to you, but to be perfectly honest, the reason I talk about it is to try and talk myself through the technique as well, so that I can help me. It just so happens that you're also sitting on a machine somewhere rowing along with me while I try and sort out my own technique. So I really appreciate your help. But yeah. My second behind I am, aren't I? So I talk about technique a lot. I get things slightly fluffy sometimes. I don't do retakes. I'm not going to stop mid-row because I've got my maths wrong. Uh, what's the other one? I talk about food a lot. Not actually spoken about food for a while now. I think the last session, I think I gave you a quick headline for what I was having dinner that night. But it's been quite light on the food front. I think I'm having homemade fish and chips tonight. As in homemade chips. Not homemade fish. Don't know how you make a fish. Unless, unless you're a mummy fish or a daddy fish. I don't know how to make a fish. 
Oh yeah, that's number four. I also think I'm funny sometimes. But hey, at least it takes a break from me talking about technique. And it's not just dad jokes. I'm not telling the jokes. I just think I'm funny. Okay, so three minutes into this 20 strokes per minute interval. Your pace should be 2K plus, <coughs> excuse me, 18 to 20. Where am I? I'm at 17 right now. So, as long as you're holding your rhythm and you're between 2k plus 18 to 20 and you're not feeling as though this is a tough, unmanageable interval, then we're doing good. Like I said in the chat before we started, the whole point of this session is to give you a solid, long workout that just builds your foundation engine without taxing your system too much. So, your heart rate will be up. What's mine? 144 for me. you'll be breathing heavier than if you were just sitting on the couch watching Cobra Kai. Have you seen that on Netflix yet? Oh, it's very good. But you shouldn't at any stage in this row think that you're not going to complete it. The thing about long slow rows like this that makes them hard is tedium it's basically it can be quite dull if you don't have any kind of distraction to get you through it you can use music you could stick on a movie tv program downside with that being it's easy to lose focus on what you're trying to achieve in the machine because you're too busy engrossed in the film. The last time I did a full marathon, I put on the last Avengers film, Endgame. Um, which is what, about three and a half hours long? But if you actually look at the figures from my row, it started off well, but as the movie went on, I got more caught up in it. I'd obviously unconsciously kind of eased up a bit. So I went. I think I slipped about six seconds from my average between start and finish. Now, when you're spending three and a half hours rowing anyway, it's easy to figure you're going to slow down. But watching the film definitely didn't help. Although, what I did do was, so it's, full marathon is just over 42 kilometers, 42.195 to be precise. 
and every 5k I stopped, stretched my legs, had a drink, climbed back on again. So I kind of spent about half an hour just recovering between 5k chunks, but it was an absolute no mood for heroics for a full marathon. No, thank you. Anyway, where was I? Distraction. Oh yeah, irony. Distracting myself. So anyways, that's why I'm here. Is that three 13 minute intervals are actually not that bad anyway. Because you're only ever rowing for 13 minutes at a time. But still adds up. You're still going to be strapped into the machine for 39 minutes plus rest, plus cool down. So, say a good 45 to 50 minutes. And it's easy to look at that headline figure. I go, ooh, I'm not doing that. That's where I come in. So I'll talk to you about technique so that you can focus on that instead of focusing on time and tedium. And I'll also talk away to you about food and movies and stuff. just to keep you oh, distracted, hopefully motivated, hopefully in a way that makes you want to come back. I'd hate to think that I was actually driving people away. How could I? Surely you all want to know what I'm having for dinner or what I did as a 20-year-old DJ or drummer or... No? Yeah. It's funny. My wife doesn't care either. That's not fair. She does. Okay, so... Heading down towards two minutes to go. There's a good chance that while I've been talking away to you for the past 10 minutes, you haven't really been focusing on your back angle. So make sure for the last 40 odd strokes, just think about your back, swing it from one to 11 to one, one, 11, one. Don't really worry about what else is going on. Maybe think about that connection between pushing with your legs and making sure you're still in that forward lean position as you do it. That's it. Next interval we'll talk a wee bit about arms and stuff. But I'll try not to go on too long. Maybe once in a while I should ease off the technique chat. Give you a chance to think about it yourself. Maybe you need to concentrate on doing it without me as a set of training wheels. But then, if that's the case, just row the session without me one day. Just load it up, row it, see how it felt, see what your 
average paces and stuff. That'll be faster. <laughs> okay, here we go. Three, two, one. There we go. Just a second interval down. I averaged 202.2, so probably overcooked that one. Heart rate's up at 151, so I think I should probably have stuck because that's 2K plus 17. But that'll worked out as or 17.2. Yeah, I never came back to that. So difference between 2K pace and 5K pace is around about five seconds. So if I say 2K plus uh, 10 seconds, then that's your 5K plus five. So if you've done a 2K test, you know your average split time for that. So if you did it in eight minutes, your average 500 meters was two minutes, okay? Uh, or you've done a 5K um, and your average time was, say, 18 minutes. Hang on, no, let's say 20. I went to the maths. And again, that's still a two minute for your 5K. So although you're two minute for a 2K, two minute for a 5K, um, you still have to adjust your training pace to 2K plus five or 5K pace, okay? It's on the website how to calculate it. I don't want to confuse, especially because we're now involved in maths. You know what I'm like with maths. Let's get ready to go for the third interval, third and final in five, four, three, ah, two, one, go. As you may just have quickly noticed, as I was struggling just then, I'm doing this one with my feet out of the straps. Why? you may say. What madness ensues for yon hero to be rowing without one straps in one's foot? What? No, it's not Shakespeare. It's because it helps with the back. Today's been all about the back. And rowing strapless Remember I said about trying not to lean too far back at the end of the stroke? Well, rolling with your feet out the straps is one way to make sure you don't. Because if you do lean too far back, you fall off the back of the machine if you don't have your feet in the straps. I'm not even going to demonstrate it today like I normally do because I don't want to fall off the back of the machine. So, what it does is it helps your back angle at the end of the stroke, but it also means that when you are at the back of the stroke, in order to be able to recover properly, you have to have that powerful back that I talked about in the first interval. Because if you're at the back and you're crumpled, really hard to get that momentum forwards to the front of the machine. And what happens with people who do crumple their lower back is either they kind of yank themselves forward with the foot straps if they were in them or they're the people that have a very what's the right word sticky stroke that instead of being fluid they kind of go stop down robotic because it's the only way they can deal with the momentum of the body is like at the end of the stroke to hold onto it uh, and go forwards hold uh, forwards whereas if you get the leg drive right and the back angle right 
it all finishes in a nice fluid motion so you get the leg drive out of the way before you pull in with your arms that way all of the force from your legs goes into the handle like up through your body all the momentum's gone whereas if you have to stop yourself with your feet you're fighting against power that you could have been putting into the flywheel so you get the leg drive out of the way pull in nice powerful back at the finish and then as you pull in your arms you push them out instantly at the same pace they came in at so I'm not saying you do this you don't go which I see a lot <laughs> I'm going to do this do myself an injury in a minute okay so it's not about how quickly you can get your arms out it's about the momentum and the fluidity so the pace you bring them in at they go out at and that's the same for every stroke rate from 15 to 45 the pace you bring them in at they go out at which doesn't mean that at 45 you are in out really quick but not here so that just creates rhythm okay you're dancing with the handle dancing with the machine and it creates flow and that flow is what you need to engage that forward hip rock okay so the your arms forwards led by your shoulders engage that hip rock and then by the time your hips have been rocked hey your shoulders will be over your hips your arms will be straight and all you have to do is bend your knees and you roll gracefully like a swan to the front of the machine in precisely the right body position for the next stroke so you're in the right body position and then the only thing really left is how far do you how far do you glide and that comes down to getting your shins vertical so slide forwards to your shins are vertical okay if you go not enough to here you're not putting in enough power to the stroke okay that's not enough if you go too far so that the seat bangs off your heels that you're changing your angle too much and what will happen is you'll leak power when it comes to the leg drive so if you're vertical and then slam those heels down here that's the perfect start so body in the one o'clock 
arms straight, heels drive into the foot plate. And then you push the machine away with your legs while maintaining that forward lean. Two quick things. Well, three. One, don't bend your arms until you come into the finish, all right? So at the front of the machine, don't grab and pull with your arms. Let your legs and straight arms do the work for most of the leg drive, okay? But then handle height also makes a difference. If you're too high at the top, it's hard to get that lean in right. It's also hard to get the finish of the handle right. If you're too low, what happens is you slump the front and often you break the back too quickly. Okay, so slump, break, and you've lost that powerful posture. Whereas neutral in front of you lets you hold the right back angle and then get the handle in a pretty much straight line to run about sternum height or your brass wrap. And then, as long as you've got relaxed arms at the front and everything I've told you today is on point, you should be doing a good, <laughs> a good powerful stroke. Sissy easy slows right down, hang on. That's better. Slightly off my average, but that's because I've been demonstrating slow strokes. The last real thing to consider, I'll try and remember and go through this as a cool down, is trying to hit that point of the front machine when you pick up the flywheel, when you connect here. When you hear the flywheel scream, Try to listen out to your seat. Do you hear your seat moving before you hear the fan accelerating? It's a really good way to think about it. I talk about butt scoots all the time, where, I'll over-exaggerate here, okay? Where your butt goes, and then you connect. Okay, that's a butt scoot. Now I have a very small one. Small butt scoot, not a small butt. And I'm trying to concentrate on not hearing the seat go back before I hear the flywheel accelerate. But you can also just think, right the very front, with your arms, are you moving back before you catch it? And try not to compensate by rolling in the shoulders. So a lot to remember, but it's kind of the icing on the cake, really. Everything else we talk about is about fitness and function and efficiency. This snap of the catch with the flywheel at the front is about marginal gains really. Making sure you, there you go, we're all done. Making sure you get the full length out of the chain without overcompensating. So quickly, here's how to practice it. Put one foot on the floor, we do this in the warm-up all the time. 
except we do it with two legs anyway and just go in and just feel that point as you pick it up okay and concentrate am i moving back before before i pick it up okay do that swap legs and just think because you'll feel that tug at the front but you have to make sure you're engaged with the leg I think it's about time I just did a one single video that had all my random tips in it rather than constantly waiting for you to watch an entire row right anyway sorry folks let's hit a cool down in three two one go so about 18 strokes a minute for the cool down pace is 2k plus 30 enough to engage the muscles but not enough to tire out any part of you once you get about a minute into this cool down you should actually be able to hold your breath for a couple of strokes comfortably I'm going to try it hang on Something reminded of that episode of Friends when Joe, when Joe says he can hold his breath for like eight minutes and then Chandler comes along and holds his nose and Joey's like what are you doing you trying to kill me oh Friends I miss Friends I miss Cheers as well it's always a shame when something finishes like The Good Place watched that over the summer really enjoyed The Good Place probably finished at the right point but still missed it and I miss spending time with these people anyway so a bit of a weird one today in terms of my poor presenting skills fluffed up a little bit in the intro got completely distracted talking about 2k and 5k time then remembered I had to talk about technique and then didn't particularly talk about 2k and 5k, 5K time again so apologies but hey the whole point is like I said to someone in I'm going to stop here you keep cooling down like I said to someone in I think it was the comment section or on the Facebook community um, I don't actually know what I'm going to say until I sit down I know what I'm going to say in terms of uh, Hi there, welcome to another workout for you to row along to I know that part But once we start rowing together I've got no idea what kind of rubbish is going to come out of my mouse, mouth Out of my mouse? Where's the mouse? Which is nothing else it Keeps it fresh and dangerous It's kind of like the days of being a DJ I used to DJ with vinyl Okay, So you had to it was beat matching, so it was dumps, dumps, boots and cats and boots and cats and boots. It's kind of music I played, okay? So you had to line up the bass beats of one song to another, just in case you're not familiar with how you DJ in uh, that kind of music. So I've got one going dumps, 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 dumps. The other one dumps, 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 dumps. And the trick was changing the speed of the second one so that the bass, bass drums played at the same time as the other one, so I could then get a crossfader, mix it across. Nobody would know. Um, or well, people could you could tell that the music would maybe changed, but you wouldn't have to stop to like, adjust your dancing because the bass drums stopped playing at the same time. So you could constantly just go the whole time and never have to stop. Okay, so that's the point. On vinyl, that was tough. Okay, because you had a proper physical motor turning a record round, and the amount of things that could go wrong. The needle could skip. The the turntable could wow and flutter. It was called where it could speed up or slow down or whatever. So there was actually there was like jeopardy about being a DJ. And CDs came along made it a little bit easier because you didn't have a physical motor really turning it was like the CD turning and it kind of compensated for itself but you still had to adjust the, the lever um, and so there's still an, an element of jeopardy and nowadays it's all uh, digital DJing where you just basically stick in a USB stick um, and then there's a big, <laughs> big, big, big button that just says sync and it does it for you and all the, all the tempos just line up and you can even actually make it so the right part of that song and that part overlap each other and everyone's a DJ um, so there's no, the actual physical act of DJing now will actually 
mixing two songs together. The jeopardy's gone from it. I realise this is a really long outro, and so if you've gone, by, I'll catch you in the next one. Um, anyway, so the jeopardy from DJing's gone. So what's, what it does now is it makes it, it's all about the music you play. I'm not judging DJing now, I'm just saying it's, what it's put it down to is about the music you play to the people on the dance floor rather than it being about physical skill. So back when I was DJing in the, like, around about 2000, Basically, if you were able to do the physical side of it, you kind of got a job because lots of people didn't know how to do it. So it didn't really matter the music you were playing as long as it was okay-ish. Whereas now it's all about the music you play. Okay, so all these big festival DJs, they just rock up with a pre-mixed set to a pre-mixed light thing, stick their hands in the air for an hour and a half and then get paid £20,000. I'm in the wrong business, folks. Anyway, so <laughs> we'll go all the way back to the beginning again. This is what I'm saying about me making these videos, okay? Is that there's jeopardy. Neither of us know what's going to happen. Neither of us know whether I'm going to mess up. Neither of us know if I'm going to do a five-minute outro like I am today. But it gives you a chance to cool down, if nothing else. If you've made it this far, and good grief, I hope you haven't. Um, <laughs> because you've got better things to do with your life than listen to me. Um, thank you so much for being part of this. I really do appreciate it. It entertains me. It helps me recover. Trust me, my shoulder is in such a better state now because of the time that we spend together. Because you watch my videos, I make more videos. I hold myself back because I make them for you and I keep to the pace rather than pushing it. So it's really helped me recover. Hopefully it's helped you get fitter, faster, stronger as well. So it's not all about me. It's actually about you. But um, So I do appreciate you being here. I do appreciate you spending time with me trying to amuse you and distract you and whatever. And uh, yeah, subscribe, leave a comment, tell me to shut up. Um, hashtag shut up, okay? No, actually, that's a, um, <laughs> because that's not nice, because then people will say that. <laughs> they'll, they'll look in the comment section and they'll say, hashtag shut up, what's wrong with it? Hashtag jeopardy. Let's go for that, okay? So now I'll really know if you made it to the end. Right, thank you so much, have a great day, goodbye. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com. <laughs>